Salutations, listeners. Steve Alice Vileo. Valabagulis. Nanu, nanu. Thank you for tuning in. This is Three Men in a Basement, and we are the Ultra Crepidarians. My name is Colin McLeod. My name is Mark Culp. My name is Action Jackson. He's lying, too. His name is Xmas Jackson Flaxen Waxen. Malaxen. Malaxin? Yeah, it sounds like a drug. No, no, Malaxin, no, Malaxin is Malaxin. definitely something you take for, like, either constipation or the runs. <laughs> I think Malaxin is something when you try to induce constipation, because you're, you're turning it into It's emodium. It's, yeah. it's, it's an emodium. Yeah. Alt- Malax. Yeah, yeah, okay. Malaxin. Axin Malaxin. Malaxin my asshole. <laughs> Axin Malaxin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, Starting off strong. Yeah, yeah, right to the poop jokes. Um, in this podcast, we review movies and we deliver to you, the listener, an average schmuck's opinion about hidden gems in the wide world of cinema. In this show, we try and target movies that are not absolute blockbuster smashes. We also try and target ones that are not so obscure that you couldn't get your hands on a copy even if you wanted to. Instead, we try to aim for that delightful sweet spot of movies right in the middle where they're accessible, but also uh, um, a little obscure. But, yeah. But not aggressively so. Like what? hidden under a sheet. Yeah. One sheet. Not a comforter. Single no. sheet. No. So help me not a weighted blanket. No. That, that's a Star War. Yeah. Yeah. We're not doing a Star War. Not no. doing a Star War. But we're not doing no sheets. Right. Because that's crazy talk. Yeah. yeah. We're also doing that like like Knights of the Caribbean because, well, first off, that movie doesn't exist. So right. how could we do that movie? That's not a movie you're going to hear here. Hear, here. Here, here. Here, here. Here, here. Huzzah! <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> and we review these movies, typically, and we let you, the listener, know whether or not uh, they're worth tracking down at uh, the last remaining blockbuster video, which just happens to be in... Oregon? Oregon, I think, yeah. Um, blockbuster, shout out to you. Uh, I think I think I'm going to open a blockbuster franchise. You know, they're actually making a movie about the last blockbuster. And releasing it on Netflix. What what a savage blow. Like, that is just a stab <laughs> in the back. It's like, hey, you remember that guy that I killed a few years ago? I just made a documentary about how I killed that guy. Yep. It's a great watch. <laughs> also, I'm going to make money on the fact that I killed that guy with a documentary about me killing that guy. Yep. Congratulations to the family of the guy that I killed. <laughs> We're... Circling back, uh, it's it uh, is somewhat topical though. It is actually the violence. What what did we watch? Green space, I think it was. Yeah, Gr- green atrium. Yeah, 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 yeah. or room. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, or room. I That's also it, possible. I thought it was the green room. It's not. So, you know what? It's funny. I've seen this movie, so I, I feel like I feel like we should be more intentional about like seen it, not seen it in the beginning. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna go. I've seen this. This was maybe my fourth time, and this we popped two cherries today. Pop two cherries. Uh, so no, no, haven't seen it for Jackson, haven't seen it for Mark. Nope. And nope. even after the fourth time, I still think it's the green room, and it's not. It's green room. Uh, on my little notepad, um, I'm just crossing out the right here. Do you? Can you hear that? Probably can. It's probably for the best. Anyway, green room. Uh, what? What a movie! Wow. Goodness. What a movie. Okay, so Green Room, 2015, a movie rated um, R. Is so, it? So they say. Is it R? Yeah, I it's it, I thought it was going to be G. Yeah, I thought this was going to be kind of like a Peppa Pig yeah. type thing. It was not. 
It it most certainly not. was not. No, this I would give this like like if we're doing gradations of R, I would give this probably like an eight out of ten. Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. Yeah, yeah, this is hard R. Like nudity and sexuality are probably the only thing that don't really get covered in the R camp for this movie. But violence in spades. Yeah. Oh, uh, it God, is a, yeah. an extremely and, violent movie, and, and not necessarily even violent in like a war movie fashion. Violent in like just like a visceral kind of way. It's similar to if you guys seen the Joker movie. So oh yeah, kind mm-hmm. of a newer one where the violence in that movie is kind of contained, and I think because of its placement and how it's utilized, it's it's far more impactful. This movie has that. You know, when it's violent, it's uncomfortably violent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like an EMS tech arriving on the scene, right? Like. We're not pulling any punches. We're not cleaning shit up before we show it to you kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah, also, this, is, this definitely falls in the category of graphic violence. Yes. Yeah. Also, um, obviously, a lot of swearing, a lot of drug use, that kind of shit. So, yeah. um, hard art, hour and 35 minutes. I'd say, yeah, it felt like it. Yeah. Well, it felt like, do you imply that you felt like it was a little long or a little short or... So there were periods where I felt like it was dragged out, but not for an uncomfortable amount of time. You know, there were there were periods of the movie that it, that they definitely took their time with, but almost every scene in this movie, shot for shot, moved lightning fast. Yeah, with the a... with the notable exception of like two or three, yeah. and they were very intentional about that. Yes, build build tension, build right. uh, suspense, build suspense and anxiety. Um, yeah, no, I thought hour and 35, you know, it, it went along in a clip. Okay. So IMDb has this as crime, drama, horror, music, thriller. I'm going to take exception with two of those. I'm going to say horror. No, absolutely not. It is not a horror. Um, now I think the reason horror is listed is I think thriller is absolutely appropriate. And I think people conflate horror and thriller too frequently. I like, would agree. What the things that happen are horrific, but it is not a horror movie. No, this is not a scary movie. This is not no. a Halloween movie. No, it's scary in the in the sense of like fucked up shit might happen like this, but it's like it's horror in the same way that like the movie Deliverance is horror. Yeah, it's Deliverance is not a horror movie. This it's is a, not it's Friday a, the Thirteenth. No, this is not. Jason, you know, Freddy versus Jason. I don't know. I, I can see how some people might take it as a horror movie, though. Like, well, some people are wrong. Well, you know, <laughs> a lot of people, people are wrong. It depends on the, on the, you know, if it's a, is it a customer? Because I hear that those folks are always right. Anyone who's worked in retail or food service knows that is bullshit. Well, but I haven't, I haven't seen the paper. The newspaper. I don't know. Now the papers. It doesn't matter. Okay, just, anyway. Got to have papers. I, okay, have papers. I, I agree with the exception on horror, but I can also, like, it, it does play out in a very horror-type fashion where you've got a group of people who you get to know, traumatic shit happens to them. For me, if it was a single entity perpetrating the events in this movie, it might be more in line with a horror genre, but because it's it doesn't necessarily play out exactly like that, and we'll talk about that, I, I, I don't know. I would agree with you. I, I, I also take exception to two of these tags, and I'm curious to see if Colin and I agree on these tags. Uh, well, so horror was one of them, but yep. music is the other one. This movie, in my opinion, is in no way a music movie. It is not a music movie or a musical, in my opinion, just because 
a movie is about a band or people play in a band in a movie, that doesn't make the music tag appropriate. This is not that thing you do. It is not. And in that way, like, you know, you're right. Like, you know, we had that discussion when we did Meet the Feebles about, like, music versus musical. And I think both of those are, like, very real genres that are closely related. And I would say this movie meets neither of those descriptions. No. I agree. I agree. It's um, it's like the, the argument of opera versus operetta, you know? Like, an opera is just that. It is operatic. It has numbers. It has musical numbers and sequences. Operettas are non-stop music from start to finish with no spoken dialogue. I thought operetta was the girl that you dated because she was kind of like fun and spontaneous, but then when you're like ready to settle down and she's like really not settling down, you marry her sister opera who's like a little bit more serious and kind of ready to have kids. That's that's apt. Yeah? That's apt. Is that okay? Yeah. I'm not I'm not off the wall there, right? That's no. that's no, That's you're 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 nailed to the wall right there. But, but just you, like Jesus. <laughs> 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 All right, I have lost us the entire South. <laughs> Jackson, you you started us with Alabama. I have lost us the entire South. Oh man. <laughs> um. Also, also, I I think I've I think I've dispelled like any. <laughs> I feel like there was a theme there for like a couple of weeks where I was like making, like, Christian and religious jokes pretty regularly, and I feel like people were questioning my my affiliations. I don't I feel, think anyone's I questioning feel like anyone's it questioning anymore. anymore. Uh, so, what the hell is this movie about? <laughs> IMDb has this as... Anybody want to read it out? Sure. Um, so, IMDb has this as... A punk rock band is forced to fight for survival after witnessing a murder at a neo-Nazi skinhead bar. Yeah, that's it. That is the movie. That's it. Yep. That's a quick the, and tight. It's funny because it's like so often you know you're sitting there and you're like, there's so much more to the movie, but like nothing that a I would ever want to like tell somebody before they watched it, and b nothing that would enhance. A viewer's experience, like that, is exactly what this movie is. Yep, there weren't really set changes. Like it, it kept it pretty clean to to that concept. There really weren't any subplots either. No. Anyway, we'll we'll, we'll dig we'll dig further. One thing I did want to mention in this is that it is an A twenty four movie. I have found in the past that A twenty four movies can be very unpredictable. You know. Um, can you give us an example of a, an A24 movie that well, maybe is unpredictable? Well, there was one that we watched uh, at one point uh, involving a flatulating corpse. Oh, are you talking about uh, the multi-tool guy? No, it was Enemy Mine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's mad. <laughs> right, well, that is sort of the sound that the flatulating corpse makes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, if you've seen a bunch of A24 movies, you know exactly what I mean. Um... Okay, so who directed this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this. So, all of my French friends, I apologize oui. to, to both of you. Jer- Jeremy Saulnier? Sounds right. It could be Saulnier. Sounds <laughs> it could, French. It could be, but I want to be fancy. Saulnier, I'm going to say. Also wrote what, it. He wrote it and directed it. So, somebody who I am not familiar with by name, but he also directed another one of my favorite movies that has a really fucking similar vibe to this movie and is also on our list to review. I don't know how far down it is on our list, but Murder Party. Oh, wow. Which is 
fucking banging. It's so good. And I, I literally stumbled across that movie on a whim. And I love it. And we're going to watch it. And you're going to enjoy it. Maybe or, I will, maybe I won't. Don't make up my mind for me. Uh, I'm, I don't I'm, know if anyone's capable of that, Mark. I'm, I'm, th- I'm threatening violence. That's If I don't I get my way, there will be blood. Fake news. <laughs> I'm going to drink your milkshake. It's all the way over there. <laughs> I've heard that brings the boys to the yard. Yeah, that's why. My milkshake. Um, okay, so who was in this movie? Uh, Anton Yelchin. R.I.P. R.I.P. I, I really enjoy his delivery. Like, oh, yeah. I, He's I so think, good. I think the dude, I think he was going places. It's it's very unfortunate that he was taken from us one so of, young. One of my favorite uh, Yelchin movies would probably be a great contender for this podcast is Odd Thomas. Mm, mm-hmm. Odd Thomas is a fantastic movie. He also, for the viewers out there, uh, you would know him as Chekhov. From the recent J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies, he was also the lead in Charlie Bartlett, which was kind of mm. his, kind of what launched him. Uh, another movie that we're slated to do on the podcast that he was in, another fantastic movie, is Fierce People. I'm not really relying too heavily on Odd Thomas or Fierce People to get to get people to know who we're talking about, but but Star Trek you should get. Yeah. Um, he was Ensign Chekhov. I can do that! I can do that! Nuclear Wessels. <laughs> now say nuclear Wessels. <laughs> but, uh, don't, 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 don't sue us. Don't, <laughs> just don't sue us. Don't sue us. But that's a, that's a good segue, because uh, uh, we had another starman on this week's movie. Uh, Mr. Uh, is it is it pronounced John Luke? John Lucas? I, I, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's John, John Lucas. Lucas. John Lucas Pickard? Pickard, yeah. John Lucas I think it's Pickard. Gene Luck. Gene Luck Pickard. Oh, Gene Luck Pickard. Gotcha. Gene Luck Pickard. Good old Southern boy. That man runs the local tractor supply. (laughs) You can be sure of that. (laughs) (laughs) Gene Luck Pickard at your service. Gene Luck Pickard. You want seeds, you want chicks, you want digging machines, I got them. Well, here's your problem. (laughs) Right. Um... We've already lost the South, so I'm actually not, I'm actually not worried about that. But but Sir Patrick Stewart is a gem, national treasure, multinational treasure, multinational treasure. Yeah, global treasure. Yes, maybe galactic treasure, interstellar treasure. Yes, Federation treasure. That sounds fascist. <laughs> it does. <look> <laughs> it's also topical. I feel like there is some Federation treasure in a Swiss vault right now. Somewhere. Pretty sure that was the plot of every Indiana Jones. <laughs> right. Uh, do we have anybody else that we but recognize? Speaking of yeah, fascists, who's, who was the who was the gal again? Because I recognize her. Yes. So Aaliyah Shawkat, I think. Shakat Shawkat. Um, Sh- Shawkat. 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 Uh, you would definitely know her from Whip It. I recognize her most from Arrested Development. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, I'm kind of looking through her her library here. I saw her in Living with Yourself. No, but she's she's got a face that you'd recognize. I also saw her in the Letter Room and uh, Transparent. But no offense to Aaliyah Shawkat, uh, her roles in those movies are a little bit forgettable, so you probably wouldn't notice her from that. Yeah, she's been she's supporting cast in a lot of her movies, but definitely Whip It and this I think are her more 
memorable roles. For sure. I think the only other person that I, I recognized was Eric Edelstein. Played Big Justin. Oh, he and he is a big boy. He's huge. <laughs> he, so one of the reasons why he looks so damn familiar is he looks like... Um, like Hopper from Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. yeah he looks like... What's, that, what's the guy's real name? Fucking... Well, I already pulled out my Anthony Starr reference a few weeks ago. I got nothing. <laughs> the tanks are empty. Yeah. Um, wait. Oh, wait. Yep. No, it's empty. Yeah. He was in Brooklyn Nine Nine. This guy, and he was he's in Jurassic World, apparently. Yeah. But you definitely know his face. I feel like I know him from something a little bit older. Oh, he's in New Girl, Workaholics. He was also in uh, Parks and Rec. Yes, Lawrence. Played the neighbor who stole the boombox from a very naked Chris Pratt. To be fair, we've all stolen a boombox or two from Chris Pratt. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Not recently. He signed mine, so. Your your boombox or or your wee-wee? I think your, your Chris Pratt. Yeah. Is that what we call it? Your, Chris, yeah. your crispy rat? Yep. Um, so, would we recommend this movie? Oh, go ahead, Jackson. Hmm. Thanks, Mark. No problem. Um, I... I can't believe your guys are fucking hesitating on this. Yeah, neither can I. Go ahead, Jackson. Personally? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking judge you real hard for what you're about to say, I feel like. I would not recommend this movie. What the fuck is wrong? To, I, I don't know, but let's let's let her let's hear him out. To uh, anyone that I knew before ten years ago. Wait, wait. You said you would not recommend it to anyone you knew before ten years. That ago. That is an amazing specific. Meaning you would recommend it to anyone you've met since ten years have passed. Since ten years, since the, the threshold of ten years ago. Correct. So somebody you met yesterday, you're going to recommend it to. Not necessarily. But I definitely would not recommend this movie to anyone I met prior to... Ten years ago. Ten years ago. All right. What about somebody, say, like, theoretically, you were placed next to in the nursery in the hospital. You sort of, like, locked eyes for a second. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you went your separate ways. Mm Mm-hmm. They happened to be in Michigan. Mm Mm-hmm. And you met them, like... Eleven years later. Eleven years later. Would you recommend it to that person? If I remembered them and struck a conversation with them and the conversation shifted to really fucked up movies, I might mention it with caveats, but I would not personally recommend that. All right. I'm judging him right now. Yeah, and me you're too. You're allowed to I'm judge ju- me. Ju- it's okay. Me too. I'm, I am judging him real hard. I can't believe you. No, I probably would not recommend this movie to most people either. Uh, however... Let me let me let me let me clarify. Okay, I. I... Okay, okay. Let's hang on. Let's split this up. Let's sorry, okay. real quick. Okay. Let's split this up. Would you recommend it to a general audience? Would you recommend it to yourself? Ooh. To it to a general audience? Do we start over? Because I feel Back like what you? what you guys were doing was recommending to like a like anybody and everybody, which is maybe not a fair recommendation because no. nobody's going to like every movie. Like, I wouldn't recommend Shrek to everybody, even though I feel like that movie probably casts the widest net of any movie ever. Oh, yeah. Well, I think we're specifically referring to the person you locked eyes with 11 years ago in the hospital. Right. Which is... Poop in the pants. 
Eyes yep. locked. Yep. Mister. Yeah. Mister Poop in the Pants. Yes. Mister Poop in the Pants. Uh, He's a, he 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 got knighted by the queen before she died. Okay. Well, I'll I'll let you think on that for a second, Jackson. We'll come back to you. Yeah. Uh, I don't recommend this to general audiences. I I recommend it to myself. I enjoyed it, but I can see a lot of people having a hard time with it. Uh, but I personally enjoyed it, and I'm I'm glad to have seen it. You know, there are plenty of movies that I left feeling dirty. I didn't feel dirty leaving this one. I just felt like woof. Yeah, but that's how you're supposed to feel. Well, right, but not everybody's woofing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, some people prefer to meow, some people nay, some moo, I woof. He woofs. I recommend the shit out of this movie. I recommend this movie to most people, with the exception of those who are, like, squeamish around violence. Like, it is an exceedingly violent movie if I know you can handle violence, this will be on the short list of movies that I'm like, go and fucking see this movie because it's awesome. It's it's hard to watch in a good way. It, it, it is a nonstop thrill ride. You don't know what the fuck is going to happen. It is intense. You're literally sitting there fucking like reacting and sweating. And like, I don't know what a good movie is if you're not reacting and sweat. Like, like, like if, if you're trying to make a thriller like, both of you, multiple times, were like, oh, shit! And, like, the movie got you. Like, yeah. I, I gotta say, like, you, you can't, like, just because not everybody likes Saw doesn't make Saw not good at what it is. Right. Right? It, it and this movie is very good at what it is. Just because thrillers take a smaller proportion of the global market in terms of, of what people seek out or enjoy does not make this movie... In my opinion, one of the greatest thrillers I could possibly throw at somebody. I can't argue with any of those points. You know, I, I think that, that those are those are very valid. <laughs> it's However, one of the greatest thrillers of all time. Would not recommend it. Well, again, though, <laughs> this is this is a this is a personal, you know, question. So it's it there is a, an element of subjectivity to it. Even though I agree with the pillars with which you prop your opinion up, I'm not attacking or denying any of those things. I'm saying that I still probably probably hold to my 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 initial reaction, but your logic is not flawed. And I will I will absolutely endorse that of the thriller movies that I've seen, this one is significantly uncomfortable to watch, but that is the point. So I you know I can't yeah, fault it like this, for, for its artistic um, prowess. This movie fucking goes off, and it's so, like, it's just so unbelievably well executed. Like, every time I watch this movie, I, I've seen it four fucking times, and I'm still enthralled every time I watch it. I'm I'm completely engrossed in the movie, gets my blood pumping. It is an exceedingly well-written and directed movie. And, and back to our, like, criteria that we talk about where, like, quality of the movie versus the number of people who've seen it. This movie, in my opinion, we first of all, we need a name for that metric. But this movie is exceedingly highly rated in those terms, in my opinion. Like, almost nobody I know who has seen this movie. And I think this movie fucking punches in a heavyweight class. I really kind of get the feeling that you're a bit on the fence. I'm very uncertain about whether or not I'm going to recommend this movie. Right. No, no, I, I would always give the caveat in this movie. You know, like, uh, you don't have to caveat Trek. I would always give the caveat. Super fucking violent. 
super tense. We already went over the IMDb description, so you know, like, there's neo-Nazis and shit, so, like, prepare yourself for that. But, like, if you're, and I'm not trying to disparage anybody, but, like, if you're, like, a normal human being and you can sort of get over that shit and just enjoy a movie, this movie, I think most people will enjoy. All right. So are we... Wait, wait, but we didn't circle back to Jackson. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so we got we got a no rec on Mark. Well, if the question was, do we recommend it to general audiences versus recommending it to ourselves? I would recommend it to myself before I watch the movie because I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'd recommend it to general. Okay, so we got a, a yes, uh, a yes to personal, no to general. We got a yes to personal, yes to general. Just have your own opinion though. Like don't don't have your own opinion. No, no. Be a follower. It's so cool. All the cool kids will like you. Removing personal feelings from this statement, I would recommend this to a general audience with caveats. I would not recommend this movie to myself, having known what this movie is about and knowing me as a person. That's interesting. So we got we got a mm. we got a no to general, yes to personal, yes to personal, yes to general, no to personal, yes to general. That that sounds like the recipe for a good conversation. Can we spoil this thing? Are we, are we gonna spoil this? Uh, I'm ready to spoil it. Are we ready to? Uh, quick, 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 move. <laughs> I feel like yet again, Mark has inexplicably deviated from the boy, boy, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to give it one more go? Or are you, are no, you, I'm happy. I'm happy okay, with the foul. Sit, quack, sit, quack, quack, moose. He's sitting on the quack, 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 moose. I, I, res- I respect. Yeah, I, I, re- I respect the, the effort. You're it's not very gonna... punk rock. It is very punk rock. You ain't pushing me off this hill. <laughs> um, so this movie opens in a cornfield. It does. We kind of zoom in on this uh, this van that uh, has run off the road, run out of fuel, but it's like it's still running, or the 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 key is still in the ignition, and the occupants have just kind of passed out. They kind of come to. They're sort of berating the driver for their present circumstance, but you know they're they're not too bent out of shape about it. Um, these are just a bunch of party animals. That becomes apparent pretty quickly as they're just not really concerned that the driver just going to pass out at the wheel and woke up five hours later with the engine running yeah so they quickly kind of hatch a plan to get to the next point you don't really know where they're going you just know that they're they're on the road a couple of them hop on a bike they pedal what 11 miles siphon some gas and then they're back on the road just pull 11 miles out of your ass or did you actually remember it was 11 miles it was 11 miles nice mark remembering things i can vouch for that thanks guys mark's over here remembering things thanks guys (laughs) <laughs> yeah proud of you buddy <laughs> good job friend uh let's see they uh they get a phone call hashtag, <laughs> hashtag condescension <laughs> it's fine if i don't acknowledge it i don't have to cry about it <laughs> i tell you what i'm your friend you acknowledge it i'll cry about it i'm your brother i don't have to do shit <laughs> you acknowledge it i'll make jackson cry about it there you go <laughs> Who's who's taking care of these tears though, man? <laughs> <laughs> who's care of these tears? Okay, so hop on the cell phone. Boom, they got this uh, this contact. Don't really know. I think at this point, as the watcher, you don't really know exactly what's happening yet. Yeah. They meet up with this guy. You almost get like the sense 
at least at least I did that it was almost like a like an Airbnb in that like they meet this dude, he hands them some keys, tells them where to park, tells them kind of you know where they can go. Like it's just a place that they that they've kind of set up a place to crash for that night. Also, his name was Tad, and yeah. his mohawk was probably nine inches long. I mean, I his name a, was I, Tad. I knew a guy named Tad. He had something that was nine inches long. Yeah, I don't trust guys named it was, Tad. It was a, it was a nail. Oh. He had a he had a nine inch nail. Mm. His name used to be Trent. Resner. Wow. <laughs> Resner. Uh, I all right. Even though it's 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 close, I'm just gonna say Resner. New band name. I call it. I like it. Resner. Yeah, sort of like Van Halen. Kind of. Resner. Kind of like that. Except with nails. Yeah. Nine inches. N- nine inches of them. Um. Uh, okay. So. Again, this stuff doesn't really seem terribly important. You're just kind of like... It's setting the stage, really. Yeah, because they're a band. So, <laughs> which which we kind of learn at this point. Yeah, so it turns out, like, the, the occupants of this van were a band, and this fellow, he basically starts to interview them for a college paper and a college radio show, and during the interview, it gets revealed that he actually lost his permit to have bands play at a particular venue, and he ends up promising them that he will get them a gig because they have no money to make it back to uh, the D.C. area. Um, they're on the West Coast and and gets them a gig at like a fucking Denny's. <laughs> it's like it's actually I think it's a Mexican restaurant. There's like a sombrero on the wall. Oh, yeah. But, like, but basically they're playing a fucking diner. They're, and they're, they're punk rock. They're like a legit punk band. Like yeah. the, the fucking like, you know, lead singers got like this sort of shredded white T-shirt, right? Like sort of your classic punk band. But like true punk, none of that fucking Nazi shit, right? Like a true good old punk band and so they're they're playing a fucking diner and they get like what six bucks a piece at the end of it from 687 687 six well he says 688 if you round up yeah and and that's that's what the guy who set the gig up like just giving them his share you know his share of six he sacrificed his six dollars and 87 cents um, so they're really pissed at this guy, as you can imagine, and he's trying to make things right. He's trying to, like, give them something to, you know, that'll pay. And so he says, let me call my cousin. Is it cousin or brother? I think it's cousin. 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 I'll, let me call my cousin, uh, Daniel. Cousin Dan. And I'll, you know, sort of let you know. So they're waiting outside his apartment. He comes out and he says, well, I texted you the address just so you know it's, a lot of boots and straps down there. Which, boots and braces. Boots yeah. and braces. We don't talk politics. Yeah, he says, as long as you don't talk politics, you'll be fine. So, yeah, they said something like, you know, is Cousin Dan going to, like, protect us or something like that? And he's like, yeah, just don't talk politics. You'll be fine. Um, so for those of you who are not familiar with punk, eh, certain other, like, harder genres also sort of like have some of this in them many of the subgenres of metal also suffer from this but punk suffers from this in a particularly pernicious way um punk saw a divide in the early 80s and saw a kind of uh, co-opting of the punk scene by neo-nazis and skinheads and so I mean, it-, it can be very tense at a, any particular punk show depending on the sort of like a fractional breakdown of the crowd who is there and this this has escalated 
many times in many ways and created a lot of strife, a lot of fights, and a lot of blood has been spilled based on this, up to and including probably one of the most famous punk songs of all time by the Dead Kennedys, Nazi Punk's Fuck Off, which was an amazing song that was deliberately engineered to be a middle finger to this co-opting of punk by people who are not living the punk lifestyle, but were instead promoting fascism, hatred, and intolerance. And you see these scenes kind of bleed together sometimes in some shows, but oftentimes a show will be far more one way than the other. And so what you have here is a punk band who is very far one way, a very classical punk band, who is very tolerant and liberal, going to a compound to play a show because they need the money. And it just so happens that this compound, as compounds have a tendency to be, uh, is run by neo-Nazi fascists. And they're expecting a neo-Nazi or fascist punk band to play. So I, I, I will agree that like... I would give it that that compound label, but I think for most of the the, the patrons that, that that go to this, you know, the, the neo Nazis, it's it's like a dive bar for them. You know, it's it's most of the people that go through this locale are are there for the band, are there for for the drinks. There's an underground scene here too, involving drug trafficking and almost like militization. You know, because they they did kind of end the night saying, you know, this this isn't a what do you say this they they, they said this is a movement. You know, so it was certainly a recruiting. It was a movement, not a party. Yeah, um, but it was meant to like lure people in uh, as. But it's not veiled. Like it's a neo-Nazi compound that has parties, and yes, not everybody is a member of that compound. But everybody who goes there knows exactly what the fuck it is. Fair. You know, it's 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 they make no sort of qualms or compunctions about what they are, what they're doing. And as, as somebody who has spent, you know, I know all three of us have spent time in the punk scene. You know what the show you're going to is. And there are many shows that I have deliberately avoided for this very reason. And that's a show at like a normal ass venue who just happens to host bands, not a fucking neo-Nazi compound. You know what I'm saying? Like this was very explicitly, very overtly what it was. And they knew they were playing this. And so they end up showing up to this compound and going into the, what was the name of the room? Uh, I think it was the green room. The gr- Why is it called the green room, by the way? No, I mean like, so green rooms, it's a thing. Why are they referred to as green? Like what's what's the, the etymology to that expression? You know, yeah. rarely I think are they green. Yeah, I don't actually know, but I will say for the listening view, or the, the listener? I was going to yeah. say the listening viewer. Yeah. I hope you're not viewing this. Could be. Is there a camera in here? Is there a camera in there? Not that you know of. Ooh. Um, but for the listener, if you don't know what a green room is, it's where a band or an act uh, prepares prior to a show. Um, it's basically like the prep room. And so they go into the green room. They get prepared for the show. They do the show. They decide to open with Nazi punks fuck off. Pisses some people off. There's Which some is spitting, some frowning. Fucking awesome. Throwing drinks. But they carry on with the show, and I think most of the attendees that, that didn't leave as soon as that song started playing, like they, they got into it, I guess. You know, like they they played the show. They're they're wrapping up their set. They get all their stuff out of the green room. They're ready to leave. 
they're in the hallway about to get back in the van one of them turns around runs back into the green room that they've already been let out of that they've already been told you know the other band is in there prepping uh just to reach in and grab a phone and they spot a murder yeah there's a girl on the floor with a knife in her head uh she's dead allegedly yeah i'm pretty sure they did a really good job of proving that she was dead they may have they may have done that yeah uh so she was mucho dead as they would say as they say yeah and shit goes down as mark said a phone got forgotten and anton yelchin's character pat goes in to get the phone and sees the body immediately does a reasonable thing and uses the phone to call the police as he runs out the door like immediately immediately he's he's really fucking quick with it and he fucking he gets like seized by Big Justin. Big Justin. And gets the phone taken away from him. He says there's a stabbing. And then uh, gets the phone taken away from him. And they force them into the green room. Force everybody else out of the green room. And they're basically holding him at gunpoint in the green room. While they, you can't see I'm doing air quotes, figure it out. Yeah. And and there are members of the other band was it was the other band there there are other people in the green room with them that are also trapped just one just just one cow catcher cow catcher yep was that her name that was the name of the band huh uh okay amber the cow catcher amber was the name of the the girl that was trapped in there with emily no i think emily was the one who was killed oh yeah amber was the one who was in there with them that's right who caught a cow though worm the guy who killed Emily. Ah. So, yeah. uh, basically, everybody gets forced out except for the band, Big Justin, who's got a gun, and Amber, who was the friend of the dead girl, Emily, who was none too pleased that they killed her friend. Which, it's like, get get over it. It was like, yeah. It was like three, four minutes ago. Yeah. Right? Like, what are you... Old news, man. What are you going to cry about it? For the rest of your life? Jeez. Come on. Probably. Shed a tear, move on. God. Bury the dead. Rude. Rude. Jackson got real soft. Yeah. So the Bury the Dead. (laughs) The Nazis call call the cops, actually, and pick up where No, the the cops call them back. Because because the, 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 the call like ended with there's been a stabbing and then the call ends. Right, okay, okay. And then the, the cops call back. Yeah, I'd call back. I think I might. Well, it depends. It'd be like, yo, what's up? So, about this stabbing. About thing. the stabby stabs. But, what's but, going on? With, what are we going to do about the stabby stabs? Oh God, you went like, <laughs> it was creepy. That was, uh, <laughs> that was like flirting with Cosby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Stab the pudding. Yeah, we got, we got the zip zaps and the stabby stabs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Cops call the phone back. Okay. Fair enough. But the Nazis take the phone call and pick up right where they left off. And say yes. Yeah. You know. Hey. There. I was just calling to let you know there was a stabbing. Like they they run with the story in order to not arouse suspicion. Additional suspicion that you know there's been a stabbing might immediately. That's invoke. not suspicion. That is fact at this point. Can we just right. say additional suspicion? That's a good punk band name. That. Yeah. Additional suspicion. It's yep. going down. 
Resner. I Resner. <laughs> I could share with you a couple of punk band names. I, I don't know where that's going, but I kind of want to hear it. All right. Quick aside, uh, for those of you who know me well, this might sound familiar. For those of you who don't know me well, this will be interesting. Um, I was the front man for a punk rock band uh, between the years of 2006 and 2011. Uh, we were the Fremont Freaks, based in Seattle. After an unfortunate event in 2009, we rebranded, kicked out two of our members, and changed our name, for legality reasons, to Teenage Wasteland. The aforementioned band members that were kicked out were the reason that we had to change our name so that we didn't get arrested when we went on stage. Uh, okay, hang on, hang on. Wait, wait, uh... Do you want more clarification, Mark, or are you, are you perfectly satisfied with this? I mean, I'm curious. Do they just <laughs> do they just own the name and you're like whooping it up, or like? No, that some... was that was us. What? What was us? Fremont Freaks. Wait, what's happening? I, I, you gotta you gotta give us. Okay, more. so the concert that we did that resulted in uh, disaster. Um, we were playing an abandoned warehouse on the pier, and... Very, very punk. Yeah. That's very punk. Yeah. Um, the crowd was mostly consisting of crackheads, homeless people, um... Very punk. Yeah. <laughs> and, you're, you're painting a very punk scene right and now. And some unsavory characters, uh, that may or may not have been skinhead fascists. As well as you say, may or may not, but I feel like may is is probably more uh, likely. Definitely. So, um, long story short, uh, we made some waves and made some people angry, and they came to rush the stage. Rush was there. Yeah. Nice. We we opened for them. Fucking Neil. It was a, it Neil was a big Pert. deal. It was a big deal. That's what's up. Yeah. Um. There was a fight. People got stabbed. One of those people was me. The cops... Why did you do that? Yeah. Uh, the cops showed up to break up the party, and... Doesn't sound like a very good party. People scattered like cockroaches. There was General Mayhem, and my drummer, who shall remain nameless, set one of the squad cars on fire. I ran for my life and woke up on a park bench in, Le in Westlake Park. As one does. Yeah. All right, so this movie was a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like. That's I literally said that as we were watching it. I was like, wow, this feels like a documentary of my life in the early aughts. Did you did you sing Nazi punks fuck off? Uh, we did multiple times. That's that's a, multiple times. That's a that's a mucho good song. We also did, did they, a lot did of the they, Ramones. Did they fuck off? No. Damn it. No. That's the whole reason they wrote that song was that they would fuck off and then they didn't. They probably Pretty got the sure wrong. one of them actually stabbed me. Sounds about right. Yeah. God, Nazis are the worst. Yeah. You know, it's like it, I I hate to say that like. You know, oh, don't want to get political on the podcast, but, like, like, it's not political to say, like, Nazis, skinheads, fascists... Fuck off. ...are the fucking worst. Yep. And I, I wish 
heinous and deplorable things upon you. So, quick, po- a pox, a pox upon your house. Quick recap: I did some shitty stuff. Uh, people that I associated with did some shitty stuff. I don't do shitty stuff no more. And for those of you that didn't know that about me, I am sorry. Now, okay. Um, uh, so they're in the room. They get locked in the room. In the room. In the room with the big guy. Why is the room gone? Tad? Was that Tad? Uh, Which one was Tad? Big Justin. Big J. Yeah. BJ. So they're locked <laughs> in the room with BJ. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> that's all, all Mark's got. Yeah. Okay, so while they're locked in there, we start getting an idea for what this compound actually is. We get introduced to uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. Uh, he is one of the people that arrives when the cops show up. Because, of course, they're going to. You say they're stabbed. Um, really quick aside, um, as they're trying to figure out what to do before the cops get there, one of the guys makes a makes a comment, you know, I, I need two true believers. Because what, what they end up doing is they have these two guys who are all in with the cause cordially um you know one of them stabs the other like and and i mean that like he puts his hand on his shoulder you know and like you know there, there's no animosity there a cordial stabbing yep mm. yep um so that when the cops end up showing up i think we played with them once <laughs> a cordial stabbing yeah. yeah they're definitely they're definitely on the list a cordial stabbing <laughs> Cop says, uh, "Hey, are you uh, you the victim?" And the guy uh, just kind of puts his hands up and like they they, they take those two away. Um, it's actually pretty clever um, how they sideline their exposure to to the law. Yeah, they basically pretended that it was a stabbing between two of their own guys, yeah. and they staged it so the law enforcement wouldn't be suspicious. Right. Um, and the next like chunk of the movie is them locked in the green room undergoing more or less negotiations with Patrick Stewart and the head of this neo-Nazi compound, um, or the heads, should I say. Patrick Stewart is definitely the head, but some of the other sort of higher-ups as well. Basically, Big Justin gave them the gun. But they kept the bullets. They kept the gun and the bullets, and then they got Big Justin in an arm bar. And basically, they've got Big Justin, the people are outside... And they're trying to orchestrate a way to take care of them. That's the whole plot of the movie, right? Is these neo-Nazis are trying to figure out a way to kill these people in a way that... Keeps the heat off. Yeah, that doesn't come back on them, but makes sure that they're dead so they can't report on the murder. And all of the other heinous shit that happens subsequently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's it's discussed like they could kick the door down and kill them all immediately. But the the Nazis in no way feel threatened. This is just uh, well, I've got a bug under. Really, it's it's like I've got a bug under a glass, and I want to relocate this bug. You know, so it's like them like sliding a paper underneath. This is just a metaphor, but like I can't smash it on my nice tablecloth. Right, right. And that's kind of there are several periods during this movie where. They get out of the green room, realize that they are completely effed, and, you know, one of them dies in some fashion or other, and they retreat back to the green room, lock the door. So that's, you know, namesake of the movie, that's where they keep trying to figure out how they're going to escape the compound. So basically, at one point, get convinced that they should give up the gun. So they open the door slightly, and basically at the last minute, somebody realizes that they're 
They're being played. They're being played, and they shouldn't give up the gun. And Pat... Anton Yeltsin's character. Yeah, he he basically has his arm ripped at by these guys trying to get the gun out of him. Meanwhile, his arm is getting smashed in the door, and his whole arm gets fucking mangled. Like, his hand almost gets hacked off. Yeah, they're, they're going at his arm with box cutters trying to pry the gun out of his hands. Like, yeah, his fucking, I mean, just gashes in his arm and, like, like Jackson said, his hand is fucking hanging there. So he pulls his arm back. They do what they can, you know, but basically they're just like, we're fucked. We're pinned down. We need to make a run for it. So they decide to make a run for it and they go out there and nobody's out there. Um, unbeknownst to them, the neo-Nazis decided that they're going to use dogs because if fight we, dogs fight dogs because basically if we have signs up that say no trespassing there are dogs on this property uh we are not held liable for whatever the dogs do to trespassers and they're going to pass these people off as trespassers which absolves them of any wrongdoing at this point uh jean-luc's character says or sorry sir patrick stewart's character says you know all right we were gonna kill them off site but let's kill them here and then just stage it somewhere else it's easier that way Mm -hmm. so they regroup and they grab these fight dogs to release into their compound basically, so that the dogs will kill the punk band, and then they can drag the bodies out, move them to a new location, and stage their deaths so that it looks like a horrific accident. Um, so basically, they come out of the green room, and they're passing the stage, and they see this dude holding the chain of a fight dog, and he lets it go, and it immediately jumps on one of the bandmates. Tiger. Tiger, and he just fucking like rips his goddamn throat out like yeah. it is severe it and he's is. giving the dog commands in german uh fuss uh telling the dog to attack because all evil dogs speak german right it's the only language that evil dogs speak yes yep that's that's just biology really that's science look it up that's that's english literature science that's math it's it's yeah. geography. It's geography. <laughs> so of course they uh, <laughs> yes. they retreat back to the green room. You know what what, what was the next excursion? Um. So sorry. In that first one, two people got taken out. So the first guy got his throat ripped out by the dog. A different guy. Basically, the two most I would say able-bodied people. Right. So like two like fairly tall dudes who you know while thin. Much larger than uh, what's what's his what's his real name? Pat. No, what's his real name? Anton Yelchin. A- Anton Yelchin. M- you know, much larger than him. Basically, the two. Presu- the drummer and the frontman. Presumably, the two best fighters they've got. The first dude gets his fucking throat ripped out by a fucking dog. The second guy tries to go out a window and immediately starts getting stabbed by somebody waiting outside for him. They basically had every exit covered, and they were just waiting for them to come outside so they could fucking kill them. And so Anton Yelchin, the girl Amber, um, who was not part of their crew, and then the other female member of their band, Sam, uh, they all retreat back to the green room and sort of regroup as it were um so i think the next stage was um two of the skinheads get sent in with machetes and they are told you can be as bloody as you want try not to hit bone basically because we're going to stage this as a 
a dog attack. A dog attack, and it doesn't look good if there's cut marks in the bone. Send them in. It turns out one of the people is Cousin Dan from the beginning, and uh, it's his girlfriend that was initially stabbed in the head. And he comes in wanting to know who killed her uh, because they obviously told him that this band killed her, uh, which is not true. And he learns real quick that it was another neo-Nazi skinhead type and sort of switches to their side and tries to lead them out of there. Unfortunately, it doesn't go well for anyone because what Dan didn't know is that in addition to him and his partner being sent in, they sent another guy, another couple guys in actually uh, with shotguns and Dan takes one immediately to the side of the dome blindside style. Yeah, some of the dialogue early in the film sort of hints to you that Dan is one of the bartenders there, and he was not the bartender there that night, and a a different guy was, and basically Dan is feeling under the bar for the shotgun, and you just hear this guy, who is the other bartender, say, too late, basically, I've already got the shotgun from under the bar, and fucking blows his goddamn head off. And they attack that guy, so so Sam, uh, the female member of the band hits the guy with a fire extinguisher and then Pat Anton Yelchin's character hacks at him with a machete and fucking cuts his neck open and so that dude's dead but then they run back to the green room and you know reconvene reconvene um they make another attempt basically after this last attempt they've gained a few guns they gained two shotguns and a pistol And so they run outside and immediately come under fire by like four or five, you know, neo-Nazi types that were waiting there. And a dog also runs up. Sam gets a shot off. It doesn't look like it hits the dog, but the the way they were talking, it sounds like it may have. She might have winged the dog, but didn't stop him. But didn't stop him from crunching down on her like a milk bone. (sighs) And uh, the other two run back inside to... Where did they run to? Uh, they ran to the green room, I think. The green room, yeah, yeah. I think it was the green room, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the only green room, yeah, yeah. That's what I think, yeah. Uh, so at this point, we, <laughs> we have one original cast member left, and the other girl who... Amber. Amber, who just happened to be in the room at the time. I Throughout this entire movie, I was just waiting for her to be some kind of, like, double agent. You know, because I, I just didn't yeah. trust her. See, I was waiting for her to eat shit. Like, I, I thought that she was going to be the first one to get killed off. Both are very believable because she was not only part of this scene, right? She was part of the neo-Nazi scene. That's why she was there. But also... She was like, friends in, with the murdered. In, in a movie like this, it always helps to pad the pad the deaths a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, if, if you can contrive any way of adding a few more people into the mix of the people death. who can who can add to the body count, especially on the good guy side, that's a win, right? Oh, yeah. Like, you're lengthening the movie, you're giving the movie more depth, and so totally agree with you. I, I expected her to either eat shit immediately or, if she lived that long, to... Turn on Pat. Turn on Pat. Yeah. So before we sort of finish the movie, one thing that I absolutely loved about this movie was that like it was so fucking realistic. One of my absolute biggest pet peeves ever is horror movies where I f- and it, I don't classify this as a horror movie. I've I've planted my flag on that, but in horror movies, 
finding myself rooting for the killer because the people are so fucking stupid, right? And I'm sitting there just like, why would you do that? That is the dumbest thing. Why would you do that? Don't open I, the door. Now I want Jason to kill you. Don't go outside. Like, like, oh, I'll be right back. I'm just going to go into the dark thing with the killer on the loose. Don't do that. Like, fuck you. Fuck you. But like... They were actually trying. There's nothing yeah. that I love more than a movie where this shit is happening and like the people genuinely don't stand a chance. They are in a, a situation... It's, it's It's a hallmark of good writing. Right, where like you don't have to contrive something through somebody's stupidity. You don't have to engineer something happening or a plot advancement that is a a, a result of just an absolutely asinine move by one of the characters. If you can make all of the characters make perfectly logical decisions and react in perfectly reasonable ways, but still find themselves in a fucking scary, threatening, uncertain situation. It is totally like it is. A, it is a great example of a well-written screenplay. I would say the closest example of that is when they exit the facility and they immediately come under fire. Like they had to know that they were out there waiting for them. But what the fuck is your alternative? You're just gonna stay in there. Eventually, they're gonna come in and flush you out. Yeah. So like your options are die in the green room. Or die fighting. Right. And that's, and so, like, the other thing, too, is, like, and this, this is, this is, like, just a silly little thing. The only thing that I, I noticed that was, like, maybe a teeny tiny bit, like, it could be dismissed so easily as, like, they wouldn't have thought of it in this stressful situation or they, you know, maybe they did and it was off camera or whatever. But, like, they didn't seem to check any of the bodies of the bad guys for phones. But, like, that is such a negligible thing in the grand scheme of it. I'm I'm happy to to dismiss that as stressful situation. You don't yeah. think of everything. Your adrenaline's right? bumping. You're you, gonna miss something. You're gonna miss stuff. But to be fair, they did check bodies for things like phones. Mm -hmm. So multiple I, times. Uh, well, we didn't see them checking all of the bodies. They did check some of the corpses for for valuables. So I I might even push push back against that. In, in initially, but the later guys they didn't. And they know that what's his name, like Big Justin, had a phone on him, and they had him pull it out, and he broke it. Right. Which was Ndasi sneaks are good, but again, good writing. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Exactly. It's exactly right. Like the writing on this movie was so fucking tight. I can find nothing wrong with it. the 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 only other movie that jumps to mind that sort of has a similar vibe is the remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Jessica Biel. Did you oh guys, yeah, did you guys see that? Yeah. Every death in that movie, I'm, I just remember it's like every one of them was so good because you just like the person stood no chance. No. It's like okay, you lost a foot race to a uh, to Leatherface, who's fucking like seven foot tall. Yeah. Like yeah, you're gonna lose that foot race yep. nine times out of ten. Like. Leatherface came out, came out of nowhere and knocked you on the head, right? Like, Or like a cop told you to get into the back of a cop car. Like, you're going to do it. Like, every fucking death is so believable and the person stood no chance. That's what makes a movie truly, like, scary, suspenseful, or, you know, thrilling, right? And this movie had that in spades and oh, I yeah. fucking loved it. Now, just to, to revisit a topic that we were talking about earlier, I believe that the Nazis were the stand-in for Leatherface, again, if we're continuing with that analogy, and 
they were in a hopeless situation. That's why I would say that I might be able to swallow the horror genre moniker here because really the Nazis represented a single, a singular antagonist. Had that, had they been wearing masks or had there been just like, that's why I could almost get on board with horror, even though I agree this is more action, thriller, suspense. But like by that metric, Schindler's List is horror. Yeah. I don't know. I At least I, like, I can like, understand why someone threat, typed that out. If the threat is something that can absolutely be experienced in everyday circumstances, and I'm not saying everyday like it's around every corner, but everyday in that like very, very real and likely to happen if you sought it out, then I don't know if I would classify it as horror. In the sense that, like, yes, a random killer could show up to your house. And that has happened in real life. And it does. But, like, you couldn't you couldn't engineer that to happen, right? Like, you, right. you couldn't just, like, select a serial killer to fucking kill you. You're saying if you ran but in, the, in the wrong circles and put yourself in the wrong... If you places. drive to a fucking, like, neo-Nazi compound, like, shit goes down there. And if you happen to witness some shit that they don't want you to see this type of circumstance could absolutely arise 100 percent. yeah really really fucking uh uh jam on the writing in this movie um so basically after that there's only two of them left they send two more skinheads in after them amber ends up taking out both of them slitting one's throat with a box cutter and shooting the other one once in the neck and once in the head, yeah, like a fucking badass. But they they outmaneuver them. They they, they trick them too. Like it's yeah, not, they it's set not a trap. just a, a brawn thing. So they take out that group that's kind of sent in there. And the idea for the neo Nazi side is they're gonna all leave to the separate location to start setting up the scene that they're gonna kind of put the bodies in. And it was the the other Nazis' job to go in and just kind of finish the job. And they said that they had enough bodies to believably set up their ruse it didn't matter if the other two disappeared yeah um and having outmaneuvered them our two main characters at this point they're i mean they're not home free but they've successfully exited the compound and they have to decide what they're going to do next um they end up leaving with yet another nazi at at gunpoint yeah, this guy was basically, like, from the beginning trying to clean up this situation, and you kind of got the vibe that, like, he was less bloodthirsty than the rest, and he talks to them very casually, and he's very, like, basically just like, I want to go to prison, like, I don't want to die, and um, they end up taking him at gunpoint, walking him into the woods, and he's sort of telling him, like, the lay of the land, and, you know, I would advise going through the woods, yada, yada, yada. Stay off the road. Yeah. And so they hear gunshots, and they realize that it's the people mutilating the bodies of their friends, and decide to go and check it out. As one does. Yeah. Right. Well, and their intention is is to screw up the crime scene. Yeah. Like, they don't want this getting swept under the rug. You know, they they want to make sure that whatever their attempt is at covering up what took place is unsuccessful. Um, I think we can kind of just rapid fire through this last scene. Really. I think so, yeah. Um, they, they, they come upon them as they're setting the scene and they're they're successful in, in killing off the, the Nazis. They, they basically were trying to set the scene where this group rolled into this compound uninvited to steal gas against the signs that said that attack dogs were there and they were trying to siphon gas out of a car 
and the dogs got them. So they were basically having the dogs attack the dead bodies to mutilate them to the point where they wouldn't be able to figure out that there were gunshot wounds and knife wounds in the bodies. Super fucked up. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, in, in sort of quick succession, not quick enough for my taste, but quick succession, they kill one random neo-Nazi, the neo-Nazi that was in charge of the fight dogs, and Patrick Stewart, who was the head neo-Nazi shithead. Shot him three times. Yeah. back In the back, in the back of the leg, and in the fucking head. Yep. And then which it, was too good for him. It kinda, yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's sort of a bow on it. Um, that pretty much wraps it. What What did we like about this movie? So I, I would agree that I, I liked that the the characters were not being stupid. Um, our protagonists and our antagonists seem to be operating believably. I, I definitely appreciated that. I also appreciated how visceral the violence was. Like, I didn't enjoy it, but I enjoyed it yeah, for you its... Did. Well, for its... <laughs> for its artistic effect. You know, like, there are movies that, like, like hostile and saw that I feel are visceral, but like it doesn't feel brutal. And I have to, I, I think that the brutality of violence has more to do with how something is shot and the scene and less to do with what's actually happening. But that's just it, right? The context makes something brutal. Yeah. And exactly what you're saying is like, it felt more brutal than saw and then hostile because the writing was so fucking good. You identified with the characters, the acting was superb, and the writing was superb. And so you identified with the characters. You, They were believable characters. They were making very human decisions. They were in a situation that they couldn't get out of, and then they suffered the brutality. And you're sitting there going like, oh my god, it's so horrific, because... A, I believe that this is a real human in a real situation. And B, I know that they have no fucking chance of getting out of this situation. There was no, like, stupid decision that they made. They just, through, like, really shitty circumstance, found themselves here. To me, what you're describing is yet another testament to the writing and the acting in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, Big I'll, time. I'll give it that. I think that was what I appreciated most from this movie. You know, uh, how about you, Jax? Um, in the very first part of the movie, we saw some really creative, like aerial shots and landscape shots. There's ethereal music playing in the background, and I just was immediately struck by the fact that the same group that made Swiss Army Man was able to capture these beautiful shots and this great soundtrack. So I immediately, you know, took a note saying cinematography and soundtrack are top notch. Um, I really enjoyed the way that the director was able to capture the emotion of the scene and the emotion of the content with the cinematography and the soundtrack. I, 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 it was brilliant. It was honestly brilliant. So, so, sort of along those lines, there's a scene early in the movie, I can't remember where it was, which show they were playing, but it's got a slow motion, very washed out and far too zoomed scene of a pit, of a, a mosh pit. Oh, this was after and they played Nazi punks fuck off. Yes. They continued their set. They continued their set, that's right. And the Nazis, right. the neo-Nazis are like totally moshing and jamming and getting really into this set. Yes. And that's when it switches from the punk rock 
over to this sort of classical, almost like a, a ethereal music. Yeah. Like, yes, it's it's a very like it was an amazing choice by the director. Like it's so so far away, like as far away from punk rock as you can get. Kind of though, like I I you're right objectively. Objectively, you're right. Subjectively, I don't know if I agree. It's it's and I, like I see where you're going. You see where I'm yeah. going with this, like. Anybody who's been in a pit, like Nazi shit aside, like let's let's forget the fact that they're like like fucking scum of the earth. They're just moshing. people in a mosh. Like like moshing is something that you can understand it from like the outside, but until you're truly in there and you're really getting like fucking elbowed in the face and you're really like bleeding as a result of being in there it, it, it's this weird kind of like is kind of like a calming experience for it is euphoric in like the weirdest way it is a it is something it is. that's like um it's a magic feeling for me it's euphoric is maybe a, maybe like a strong word but like it's a cathartic yeah it's it's like a, a an amazing way to sort of like it's emotional it's yeah. emotional it's a, an amazing way to sort of like detention yourself right it's 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 this weird peace okay seems so, almost the wrong word for it peaceful is like yeah not the best word but okay so like okay here's my best example so in undergrad i took a class in buddhism and like as part of the class i had to attend was like six different buddhist monasteries in the area um and i ended up attending one that and i'm not a i'm not as you might not believe i'm not a religious man um but i do put a lot of stock in meditation though um not that i do it regularly but i think you know as far as like a a health practice uh it is something that is is worth pursuing and i went to a, a monastery that practiced chanting and sort of like group meditation and i'm gonna be honest that blew my fucking mind like the chanting together in a room full of people, completely sort of like atheistically, devoid of sort of a central theme around what you're chanting about, but everybody's sort of in phase, in sequence, holding the same the same rhythm, the same words, or same sounds, perhaps. Being in a mosh pit is remarkably similar to that. It's it's violent, there's no doubt. It's but, not about the violence. But it's though. not about the violence. No. It, it is It is literally about like a collective physical expression of the music that everybody is vibing with on a deep, deep level. If and, somebody and were to you're, come up to you... You're manifesting it in like a physical way. And so like the choice to use that type of music yeah. that evokes in the viewer sort of this... Um, Almost like an ethereal experience. Ethereal, yeah. kind of like almost transcendental or, you know, some might say Buddhist experience, um, was an amazingly dialed in way to describe what it's like to have the absolute shit kicked out of you in a mosh pit yeah, to a well, band that you really enjoy. And here's the thing. <laughs> if, if you were walking down the street and somebody just elbowed you in the face, you would probably respond with anger and violence. Yeah. But... In a mosh pit, if somebody elbows you in the face, you probably would not react at all. You'd probably relish it almost. Like You would probably <laughs> taste the blood in your mouth yeah. and get this sense of pride and almost this transcendent... Well, I, I think a lot of pe- most people and i'll say most people are not going to understand what we're saying no no it really no, is something that you right. have to experience it is a hundred percent not about the violence and we're, we're using vivid language to describe those experiences because those are the typical experiences that you might 
have in that environment. But violence is the opposite of what that experience really kind of invokes. You know, uh, I've been in several mosh pits where, you know, someone gets knocked to their, uh, knocked off their feet. And what does everybody do? They, they give them space, they pick them up and they bring them to safety. It is not in any way about the violence. That just is the expression of it. So I think that's kind of the hangup that most people have when you know you, you when you talk to somebody about your experience in a mosh pit and their their face kind of goes blank because they just can't understand why on earth you would find something enjoyable that is painful but it's not at all about the pain um the pain is just a byproduct of everybody being emotionally connected to the moment mm-hmm. and expressing their energy at the same time and there's something so incredibly beautiful about it. There is. And that like okay, so we're just we're we're vibing on on, on talking about the, <laughs> talking about mosh pits, but like okay, so two things. One, we're not Nazis. And, and I well, <laughs> many people mosh. They're not all Nazis. Yeah. Um in fact, the vast 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 majority of them are not Nazis and about as far from Nazis as you can yeah. as you can get. But Two things on that. One, the person who doesn't understand it, to your point, Mark, you're totally right. Like if somebody doesn't understand it, I would I wouldn't even put them in a mosh pit because I don't think they would get it. Even if I it's not the kind of experience where it's like, well, if you just felt it, if you were just there, it's like it's it's more than that. It's not just you have to be there, it's like you have to You have, you want, have, to, want, you have to. to want to. Yeah. And then and then part two to that is we always called it the break. Right. So like you go to a show and you sort of see a pit like kind of develop and you sort of you kind of feel the energy and you know you feel yourself. And I, I've talked to many people about this. You feel yourself drawn towards it and you will sit on the edge of it and you will hedge. You'll watch the bands. You'll feel the energy of the pit and you'll just sit on the edge and then you'll get the break. And you you decide to go in, and you when you go in, it, it is it is this like immense release okay. of like I've I've been feeling this adrenaline just building in me and building in me, and I know I'm not walking away from this show without going in. And then you go in, and it's euphoric. So it, if- it, it, it's it's the same. I have to imagine it's the same uh, euphoria that like. You know, and, and, and I'm not at all comparing, like, the drama of jumping out of a fucking plane or, like, you know, jumping off a bridge. Like, it's not the same thing, and I'm, I'm not trying to, like, make mosh pit sound grandiose, but it's the same kind of release I imagine a skydiver or a bungee jumper or a base jumper gets the second they jump off the thing. It's, you get that pop, and it's like, I'm in, and there's there's no not getting in anymore. We always called it the rift. Mm. So from the stage, it's actually visible, which is super cool because you're watching these people freak the fuck out in the pit and you're watching the fringe right on the edge of the pit. Almost and there. they are they are in it, but they are not in it yet. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is push them just yeah, a little just bit. Just a little bit. Just give them know, just enough energy. Oh, <laughs> just a single just a single riff on the drums or a real quick shred on the guitar, mm-hmm. and they are in it. And they're in. And they are sucked in. It's like a pop. It is oh. it's like a pop. So we called it the rift because there was a very clear delineating line mm-hmm. Oh yeah. between the people who were in it mm-hmm. and the people who weren't. Yeah. 
it, it is it is funny too because like not to not to get like too like sort of silly deep into like you know biological analogies but like it is like a fucking cell yeah right like shit is happening in the pit and it's in a cell clear. and there is a very clear delineation and things like in a human cell like in an animal cell or a plant cell things need to get in things need to get out and there are very clear roles that just naturally develop around a mosh pit for getting people in, for getting people out, for protecting people, for making sure the energy stays there, to making sure that the pit thrives Lives under... Lives and breathes. Yeah. It is, it is a, it's a hard thing to describe in words, but it's a powerful experience, and it's something that I think they captured... It was only... I mean, it was only 20 seconds of the yeah. movie, but I think they captured it really well. I could talk about this all night, and oh, if totally. you want to, email us at 3 Men in a Basement. Yeah. Okay, um, so... Anything we didn't like? Honestly, personal feelings aside, no. Granted, this movie brought up a lot of really bad memories for me. But objectively. Objectively, there's nothing I didn't like about it. I would also agree with, with that statement in that, like, objectively, it accomplished what its goals were. It did it very well. Uh, I think it was the, like, almost a perfect example of what it wanted to be. You know, um, I do think that the hyper violence was a bit more than I generally gravitate to, but that's not really a criticism of the movie. That's more just reflective of my own personal taste in movies. Um, I don't have any objective um, qualms with this movie. Yeah, because it's almost like whether violence is gratuitous or not, right, like is dependent on the movie, right? Like if a movie needs violence of a of a high order that is what separates a good movie that needs a lot of violence from like gore porn enemy at the gates wouldn't have worked with a tickle fight right exactly exactly no that's exactly right my my head went to to same private ryan but you're exactly right same thing right you need the sort of like overt violence in those movies in the same way that you need it in this movie um, another thing, you know, I, I feel like this movie had a great deal of intangibles. Um, uh, yeah. And also, not that they had a, probably a great deal of options, but the practical effects in this movie were spectacular. I know we're on things we don't like, which I don't have any. Um, back to things we do like, the special effects were practical effects. Very tangible, very, very good. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm done gushing about this movie. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, do we have any quotes for this movie? Um... This is not a quote, but I think it fits in this, 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 there's a, there's a through line in this movie where they're talking about, um, what's your desert, your desert band, more or less. Like what, what album or what band would you take with you if it was like the last thing you could listen to? And my quote is that at the end of this movie, it's just kind of a partial bit, but he's turning to this girl. Amber. Amber. Yeah. And he just kind of, I, I know what it is. You know, he, he's finally ready to, like, truthfully answer this question. And she says something like, you know, I don't give a shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the exact quote was, I know what it is. What what is? My Desert Island band. Tell somebody who gives a shit. <laughs> and that's, like, the last line in the movie. It is. It is. And it fucking cut to black. Yeah. So that's what I got. So mine was towards the beginning of the movie, right after they get in the green room. Before they perform, the guy's like, you know, you got sound check in 15 minutes, you go on in 20, blah, blah, blah. And he's giving him like this very regimented schedule. And he goes, he goes, Jesus, they run a tight ship. But, you know, it's a, it's a U-boat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. 
I had a I had a couple of good ones. So one of my favorite quotes from this movie, they're in the van on the way to the venue where they inevitably almost all die. And Tiger, the drummer, I believe, was Tiger the front man or the drummer? He's the drummer. Drummer. So Tiger, the drummer, uh, is sitting in the back with Pat and looks at him really serious and says, hey, I got something I never told you. Never told anyone. Pat leans in and goes, yeah? And Tiger rips ass. Mm-hmm. Beautiful setup. Oh, it, was, it was pretty good. Um, that was right on par with the "I'm sorry, Sean." Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I stopped doing it when you stopped laughing. <laughs> um, so, one of my other favorite quotes from this one: the police have been called. They showed up. The two guys, you know, staged the stabbing, and they left. So, Patrick Stewart is at the door talking to the band. And Pat goes, well, the police are coming back, right? And Patrick Stewart says, they've come and gone. And Pat goes, well, that's what fucking concerns us, man. (laughs) He says it's so like, he could have been a cast member in the movie Dazed and Confused. He's like, well, that's what fucking concerns us, man. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So good. My last quote is, Pat and Amber are the last two alive and they are grasping at straws there are nazis at the door they're trying to figure out a way out of this nazis at the door that's another another band name call it yes and so they're sitting there pat has just watched his whole band get murdered by nazis amber watched her friend get murdered by nazis they're about to get murdered by nazis and pat just looks at her and goes i can't die here with you and she, without even looking at him, without even reacting, just says, so don't. <laughs> then don't. What are you going to do? <laughs> she, go die in the hallway. In that, in that same scene, he's he like, goes, should we be freaking out right now? And she goes, I don't know. I'm just, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So are we ready to, are we, are we ready to rate this bitch? I think so. Um, who wants to go first? I'll take it. I would give this movie 6.5 nearly fatal dog attacks. Nearly fatal? Yeah, which is a different nearly form fatal. of measurement. How can than you be fatal. nearly fatal? Just mostly dead. <laughs> mostly dead. Not dead yet! Okay. Um, I'm going to go 7.6 Nazi shitheads. Brought to you by the American Redundancy Association of America. <laughs> <laughs> Nazi shitheads. Nazi assholes. Yep. (laughs) I did not see assholes. I did not. (laughs) Um, I always forget to fucking think about my rating system. See, I have two. I went with one. I would like to share my other one after you go. Okay, fair fair enough. Fair enough. Um, This is the important part. I I feel like I'm really... I'm treading on Mark's toes here. But I'm going to do it anyway, and I don't give a fuck. I'm going to give this movie an 8.5 Nazi punks fuck off. That's solid. That's solid. My other option... As dangerous as close to what you said, but I feel like because it's a song, I feel like substantively different. Fair enough. Also, I feel like that song was part of the inspiration for the plot of this movie. Totally. Totally. Uh, My other option that I'm... I, I kind of wish I had gone with 
with 6.5 mostly severed limbs. There were a number of those. Yeah. There were a number of those. Um, is, are we Laura Dern? I think we're I think, Laura Dern. Yeah. Well, thank that you, is, Laura Dern. Thank you, Laura Dern. Uh, that is all for the All Crap Review. Thank you for listening. If you have any ideas for movie reviews, email us at 3, that is the number 3, men and a basement at gmail.com. Please be sure to check out Mr. Potato. <laughs> Wait, no, we gotta sign off with that. Yeah, you got a Resner. Okay, okay, go. Okay. Uh, well, the, well, this is all. This please, is all please, please, be sure to check out Resner, 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 as well as additional suspicion. Additional suspicion, I think, is following Resner, 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 and um, they're all opening for a cordial stabbing. Yes. A cordial uh, stabbing is is really the main event. Yeah, uh, it's it's something you don't want to miss. On stage two, we have Nazis at the door. Yeah, they're not as important though. No, they will remain at the door. Yep, and they will not be getting in. You can't no. even see them. I mean, you could say that. You... <laughs> I did not. I did not see them. You did not see. <laughs> Get it? <gasps> because. Not C sounds like Nazi. Oh. I know. Oh. Right? That's right? some galaxy brain shit. Yeah, right this this guy. Um, they're on tour now. Check them out. You can we'll also stay find on tour because we're not letting them in. Well, the Nazis at the door, but yeah. a cordial stabbing. Oh, I'd take a cordial stabbing any day. Yeah. Right. Um, you never know when they're going to show up either. Well, I mean, as long as it's cordial. Yeah. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And until then, I am Colin McLeod. Mark up! Action Jackson. And we will uh, see you in cyberspace. Potato. 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 <laughs> <laughs>